Hey guys, Matt from the Excess Press Podcast here. Just want to give a quick disclaimer for this episode. Uh, I just wanted to share that since I work for Verizon, which also has a big partnership with Disney Plus, um, I just want to say that uh, all views and opinions of um, whatever I say in this episode are of my own and do not reflect uh, Verizon as a company. So yeah, just want to say that for some just like legalities. That's all it is. Uh, but yeah, so all views and opinions of Disney Plus and everything on it are my own. So all right, guys, thanks. Enjoy the episode. Travelers to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm your host of the Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. This is episode 130, and we're here for another episode of Disney Plus Talk. And I'm joined with CJ from theweeklymouse.com. CJ, how's it going? Hey, Matt. Happy 2020. I am doing well. How are you? Yeah, happy 2020. We are officially into the new year, which is so exciting. I'm glad, glad to be in the brand new decade. Yeah, how are your holidays? Really busy. We had some family in from out of town, and it was just, it was crazy. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I thought it was going to be like a relaxed Christmas, but it was actually a, a little bit more busier than I anticipated, so. Um, yeah. But it was same. it was a good busy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to stop eating and drinking and oh just. Oh my gosh, tell me about it. I feel like I gained like 10 pounds in the last week. <laughs> I know the holiday it happens every year at the holidays where it's always like you know I want to be good but then I'm just like no I'm not so no eat all the cookies all the sweets I know yeah yeah it's terrible but it's still so much fun uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's great yeah we are we are in the new year so happy new year to everyone out there hopefully everyone had a great holiday uh people are gonna be going back to school tomorrow going back to work um and I know that's not a lot of fun but hey it's okay and we're gonna make it so <laughs> um but yeah so this is that uh, we're gonna be talking about the last episode of the mandalorian this season um i'm super pumped to talk about it because i loved it i was a big fan yeah. of it um before i get there so honestly i know we always talk about like what else we've been watching on uh disney plus i feel like i've barely been on the the app because I've just been watching a lot elsewhere, just been watching other TV shows and movies, and I haven't really watched a lot on Disney Plus. Uh, so, what about you? Have you have you been in checking anything else on, on there? Um, I watched some Mickey and the Roadster Racers, which is actually very clever. I was very impressed, and I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the premise is like they go on little racing adventures and their little go karts. Um, and like this one episode we watched, they were in England and they met the queen of England and she was walking her corgis. I was like, Oh, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, so my son really likes that. So we watched that one. And then I watched, uh, it's like some Tigger and Pooh show. And that 
I actually didn't like too much. It's uh, one of those 3D animated ones, which I don't associate with Winnie the Pooh. So to me, it was kind of weird to see them animated that way. Um, but Christopher Robin wasn't in it. It was some little girl, and I it just didn't seem right to me. Um, my son was into it, though, so I have a feeling we'll watch it again. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know if I'll ever be checking those out, and maybe not in, <laughs> not until we have kids or something. But Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I I still want to watch the that movie to, uh, Togo that we talked about. Yeah, I keep seeing that pop up on their banner when I open up the app. Yeah, I, I eventually I'll get to it. I don't know when, but uh, yeah, I need I need to do that. But otherwise, it's only it's only been The Mandalorian that yeah. I, I've been watching. Um, so why don't why don't we just get into it? Because this is the the finale the season finale episode of uh of the mandalorian been very excited for this seeing what where they're gonna go with the show um and like my overall thoughts like this was definitely one of my favorite episodes like there was it was directed by taika watiti who directed thor ragnarok uh what we do in the shadows the hunt for the wilder people uh and most recently jojo rabbit um and Taika Waititi did a fantastic job with this episode. There's a lot of humor in it. There was some really great action. Um, yeah, just just an overall fan of the show. What it what it, or the, the episode, I should say. What did you think? This I think is my favorite episode. It beat the really suspenseful one that we had a couple of weeks ago. I, this had a little bit of everything to me, um, and I really think it set up the rest of the series really well. You know, like there's some shows where you just kind of give up because you don't know. You either don't know where it's going and you're like, I'm not interested anymore, or it solves too many problems and you're like, I'm just not invested enough. I feel like uh, it wrapped it up enough where I felt satisfied, but also dangled the carrot just enough, you know, just just that much more that I want to keep going. Um, so I really felt like it rounded out the season really, really well. Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agreed. Uh, I totally agree there, and yeah, I'm excited to we'll we'll get into it, but and I want to talk about where we think this is this, this is going. But knowing that this is more of like an adventure of the week type show, like mm -hmm. a like a western, uh, I'm, I'm I'm even more excited for now next season, like with how they left off. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so let's kind of like go through the episode because a lot uh, a lot happened in this. This is actually yeah. I think this is the longest episode of like 45 minutes. So yeah, this was a long one. Yeah, which I, I definitely don't mind. I, I, I enjoy that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so this kind of starts out. It, it, we, uh, we see that the scout troopers who picked up uh, the child or the asset, um, also known as Baby Yoda. I want to try to – I feel like I want to refer to him as, like, the child or the asset because mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I've been hearing a lot of people other I, – I've been hearing a lot of other people, like, try to s stay away from s saying Baby Yoda – um, yeah, that's yeah. We don't know his name. Yeah, it's like the unofficial fan name. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the 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 scout troopers have uh, the child in tow, um, and then this set up like a really great scene of just humor, which Taika Waititi yeah. is great at. So um, talk us of the scene. What did you What did you think of it? Well, these two shooting at this little I don't, I don't know what it was a little target and they kept missing it, it was so funny because the joke i mean you know i'm not the biggest star wars fan and i i know stormtroopers always miss their shots and so they're <laughs> sitting there this object isn't even moving it's like five feet away and they keep missing it it was cracking me up um but my heart was breaking when they kept hitting the bag and i was like no you're hurting the child why are you doing that oh i know uh, yeah, that was that was a little heartbreaking. Um, but some of their uh, dialogue, you know, they we found out that um, some of their comrades were like being killed by Moff Gideon back at the base where everybody else was. Um, yeah, it, it was a really interesting scene. There is some humor, and then we got some of the plot as well. Yeah. Um, so to to say that the two scout troopers were actually played by Jason Sudeikis and uh, Adam Polly. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, if you don't know him, he's popular because he first got a start on Saturday Night Live, uh, yeah. and then he was in a bunch of other movies. Which why is all of them are like blanking off the top of my head, really, uh, for the time being. But he's he's been in a lot. 
Um, and then, yeah, Adam Polly, he's been in a lot of TV shows as well. So both both comedic actors. Um, uh, but I just love the banter, yeah, between mm -hmm. them. Um, and then, yeah, finding out that Moff Gideon is just, I guess, yeah, they he just killed someone for interrupting him. I don't know. But, right. Yeah, he's kind of a scary dude. Yeah, he is. He's a very scary dude. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, so there's some funny banter between them and then, that's uh that's when um IG11 shows mm -hmm. back up and takes mm -hmm. takes them out pretty violently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like breaks yep. the one guy's arm and then I think like smashes his helmet. Um but yeah, then he ends up grabbing the child and hops on one of the bikes and yeah, and then they're kind of off to the races and then we pick up where we left off with the 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 group of them uh last week. So there's Cara Dune, there's Grief Cargo. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and there's, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do. There is there is a part here that I thought was really funny, and it, I don't remember at what point in the scene it was happening. Uh, Grief is like at the bar, like taking shots. Did you catch that? Yeah, well, it was the um, it was the same drink that was made on the the episode four, of the Sanctuary, the planet with like the farmers. Oh. If you notice that that was the it was the it was the bright blue drink, yeah. Uh, that he like the alcohol that he was drinking. So, I guess it's uh, I guess Navarro imports it from from that other planet. I forget the name of it. Yeah, it was just cracking me up because like all this stuff is going down, and I'm thinking like, is he thinking this is the end, so he might as well enjoy <laughs> himself, or is he trying to get some liquid courage here? Um, but yeah, they you know they're trying to escape, they're trying to figure out what to do, and uh, the stormtroopers start setting up this like really intense weaponry. Yeah, it was the E-Web heavy repeating gun, mm -hmm. um, and we actually find out a lot of information in the yes. this scene. Yeah. Uh, so Moff Gideon, he 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 starts talking to them and reveals a lot of information as the 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 gun was being set up. So I'm pretty sure we find out that Kara Dune's full name is Kara Cynthia Dune of Alderaan. Yeah. yeah, I wrote that one down. Yeah. Yeah. So she's from the the planet Alderaan that uh, unfortunately had blown up um, mm. in the, the the first Star Wars. So this takes place. Um, I think like nine years after that had blown up, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, she was probably like maybe like a teenager or young adult when that happened. Right. Um, but he was saying that like she witnessed a lot of her like comrades get killed with the same weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we find out the actual name of the Mandalorian. Right. Yeah, and I didn't quite catch it. It's uh, it's Dinjarin. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the proper spelling of that. Maybe I can find it on IMDb. But yeah, yeah it's uh, it's Din Dinjarin. So mm -hmm. um, actually, so Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian or Dinjarin, mm -hmm. uh, he actually revealed the name in like some press junket back around episode one. Oh no! Yeah, so I've I've known the name since then because I, I I was reading some article and they like they, I they they said what it was in there, and uh -huh. I was like oh, I was like oh crap I wish I didn't like read that yeah um, yeah but like I didn't want to reveal it on the show and just in case yeah. people wanted to be surprised um, mm -hmm. but yeah so so we find out his name um, yeah <clears throat> and then. Um... Moth Gideon, uh, he references something called the Night of a Thousand Tears, which I'm assuming was the night in the flashback scene um, when Mando's a little kid. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I'm not sure if it was that one because he was saying that the gunships, uh, gunships, I think I, think I just said, <laughs> the gunships uh, had had laid waste uh, to uh, Mandalorian recruits, which I think he, he was at the time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so I think this is like during that, like I think this might be like during the purge when the Empire was uh, killing off a lot of the Mandalorians. Okay. Um, so that's that's what I believe it was. I, I don't think it was referencing okay. uh, his that planet. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they were like... But Din Djarin knew who exactly who he was, mm -hmm. um, and he was saying mm -hmm. that like also I th I can't remember if it was him 
I think uh, Cara Dune said that he was supposedly executed for his right, war crimes. Yeah. yeah. And then Mando's like, no, that's not true. Like, he spoke my name. He knows who I am. This is, this is him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sorry, uh, go ahead. And then they try to strike up this deal or, uh, well, they don't try <laughs> to strike a deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no trying at all. Uh, Moth Gideon, you know, basically is like, hey, you you need to, you know, come up with this deal, but you have until nightfall basically to comply or you're going to be blasted away by this weapon. Yeah, pretty much. Which, which they're not going to stand for, obviously. Yeah. Make for a very boring episode if they if they were going to just give in like that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I didn't understand though, like why, like why wait until nightfall? Like... Well, I think it was Mando or maybe Kara who said something along the lines of if they already had the ba- the child, they wouldn't be doing that. I know, but like still like why if they're negotiating, like why wait until nightfall? Like just you already have them surrounded. You have the upper hand on them. I just didn't understand. Like, why not just oh, like that's true. Get, we'll give you like 10 minutes to decide. Like, I don't know. That was just like one little, it's not a big deal, but I was just curious. (laughs) (laughs) To make it more dramatic, obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, but during, during that, the, that time, um, that they, they were kind of waiting around, uh, Din Djarin mentioned that the Mandalorian isn't a race. It's more of a creed, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because they're all like separated into, into different, um, factions and clans. And that's when we have like a big flashback to his childhood yeah. Now something um, that caught, um, I mean, I didn't pick up on this on first, but I, I noticed that all the, so we, we see that he's saved by another Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and all these other Mandalorians are battling the separatist uh, battle droids and that uh, they all have like the same exact armor. Um, now the, what we found out was uh, that the, these certain Mandalorians were called the Death Watch. Mm. Um, and the Death Watch are actually very famous in Star Wars lore. Um, now, I don't know much about Death Watch, um, so I can't talk too much about them. But they show up, I think, in like, like the Clone Wars TV show and a little bit within um, Star Wars Rebels, if I remember. Um, I, I got to finish Star Wars Rebels because I'm, I'm in... There's a there's a lot going on right now that's involved. Like we're gonna talk about the the dark saber that showed up at the end of it, mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. Um, but so Death Watch is like a very famous. Um, they're kind of they're more of like a I, I don't know if a terrorist group is like the the best way to mm-hmm. describe them, but they kind of like like sectioned off themselves from like the Mandalorians themselves. Um, hmm. and so they're like an extremist group. Yeah, they're kind of like a yeah, like an extremist group, I believe. Um, and hmm. they they were being led uh, by this popular uh, this one Mandalor- Mandalorian called Pre Vizsla. Um, there's a lot going on in the story, and I don't want to like get into things I don't <laughs> know a lot about. Um, this is just kind of like the 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 base things I know, but like it's there's the the. It's, Mandalorians are in clans, so this is Clan Vizsla, um, but they're also known as the Death Watch. So that's what this group was that came and um, saved him, uh, as far hmm. as far as I know. Hmm. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more later once we get into the Dark Saber talk because there's a lot of history behind the Dark Saber, um, which we'll get to when we get to the end of the episode, and that also involves uh, Death Watch. So. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's, if you want to look more into it, I uh, highly suggest doing that because I am not an expert on it. Uh, that's pretty much the, the basics that I know of like who that group of Mandalorians were. So Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's that. Um, so yeah, we, we, we finally get the entire flashback for him. Um, and then he, let's see, a couple things. Yeah, uh, Mandal- Din Djarin says that he was a foundling, that he was sworn to the creed, and Moff Gideon was an officer during the purge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's that's when grief takes the drink uh, from from the blue, yeah. the blue drink. He's like, oh gosh, oh gosh, things are getting bad. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was yeah. a term for that. Uh, the drink. I'm gonna see if I can go. They had like, do you remember the name of what that drink was? 
I don't, but I remember like hearing it. Yeah, it's like uh, something Spotchka. Uh, oh, that's yeah, that that's what it is. Yeah, Spotchka, right? I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You're right. Yeah. So, um, so that's that, and then and then that's when IG Eleven rolls she into town. Oh my we, gosh, that scene was so funny. Yeah, we then we get the new meme-worthy scene of Baby Yoda on the bike smiling. Uh-huh. Uh, just being all happy. I'm like, oh, that is just the, the cutest, cutest. Oh, I said baby Yoda. Dang it. I'm trying to it's say okay. the child. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, we see we see him all smiling. Yeah, IG-11 just starts mowing people down, creating oh, yeah. chaos. That was awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, big fire firefight breaks out. Um, yeah, that was a great, great fight scene for sure. Yeah, no, it was yeah super intense. Uh, we see everyone just shooting away. Mando comes out, picks up the E-Web heavy repeater, mm-hmm. is using it. Yeah, how dumb are these stormtroopers to leave that thing unguarded out in the open? Like, don't you think the first thing you would do is, like, get control of that? And yeah. you let this group of three people plus a droid and a child overtake it? I know. Well, yeah. what, I, what I love about this scene is that Gideon, um, he's, like, very precise with the shots that he takes because he takes yeah. two shots one that hits um dinjarin and then mm-hmm. the next they like blow up the like, whatever the thing that's i guess controlling like the, the power repeater. source yeah. yeah yeah some power source um and uh it blows up the, uh it blows up and then pretty much yeah really hurts dinjarin Mm-hmm. Um, so they retreat back into the bar. So what did um what did you kind of think of of this this next scene and and kind of because there's a lot that happens. So what did you, what did you think? Well, he's willing to die rather than take off his helmet and get fixed. Like he didn't want anybody to see him. It was really uh, really interesting. Um, uh, there's another little bit of fighting in here with the stormtrooper who came in at the fire and everything. Um, but I think the big part of this was was the helmet situation. And, you know, I think all season we've seen the helmet coming off being teased. You know, we, we've just seen it hinted at this entire time. Um, the, the fact that IG-11 was the one that took off the helmet, I think, was a really uh, redemptive moment for Mando and his relationship with droids. You know, he's he's been very wary of droids up until this moment, essentially. You know, he didn't trust IG-11. He's like, you're going to kill me. And IG-11 is saying, like, no, I've been reprogrammed to nurse you back to health kind of thing. Um, and he still even has to convince Mando, like... I'm not human. It's okay. I can look at your at your face. It's fine. Um, but when he took off the helmet, he, you know, I guess I could have looked up what the actor looked like. But he did not look at all what I was expecting. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't know what Pedro Pascal looked like? Mm-mm. I didn't look. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to be surprised. Oh, okay, interesting. I like that. I like that. No, but I like I like what you were thinking about how. Um, I, I was a big fan how they revealed this helmet because I, I I was glad they stuck to their guns of like not not having like another like him just like taking it off for like another human, mm-hmm. um, but he took it off because IG yeah IG eleven was not a human, mm-hmm. he was not a living thing, and yeah it was that like moment for him to kind of trust droids again and. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was. I, I really liked the moment. I think it worked. I was really worried that they were gonna have Cara Dune just take it off, but I'm 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 happy that he he was like, yeah, I'd rather die than mm-hmm. uh, yeah, support my creed. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we also have to mention that um, that the yeah when the flame trooper comes in, uh, the child uses the force to the stop the flames, oh, which is yeah, like, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That was really cool. So that was a really cool moment. Um, like just, I loved how it, it was shot. You have like the, you have the child being shot from, from behind him and you see the flames just coming at, uh, at them. And that was just a really, really cool moment. Um, yeah, super mm-hmm. neat. And I like, it's interesting. I wonder like, I wonder when he'll be able to use his force powers and not have to like, like not get tired from it or not like feel like wiped. Um, Yeah. But it's, well, I mean, it's hard to tell because he's only like 50 years old, supposedly in this, right? Yeah. And these, 
beings live for like hundreds of years. So at what point do they reach maturity? And will that even be in Mando's lifetime? It could be a very long time. Yeah. To see that. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah. It's who knows if like, yeah, how long it'll take for him to grow up or do anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. No, that's just, yeah. Cause imagine like, say Mando's like 40 years old now, like, mm-hmm another 50 years in the child's life he's 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 gonna be older but he's not his probably his mental capacity like a 10 year old yeah maybe even less who knows like if he's Mm -hmm. still like a little child toddler now that doesn't speak at all like Mm -hmm. when like when do kids start usually speaking like one and a half maybe (laughs) hopefully (laughs) (laughs) i don't know my kid's behind on language so i i honestly don't know yeah so so who knows? I can't do the math, but you, yeah, you can kind of figure that out. But <laughs> anyway, so, so that's that. And then, uh, what, what, what happens next? We got them. Uh, well, IG 11 fixes his head. Um, yes. I thought it was really funny. IG 11 made a joke and actually, you know, IG 11, you know, he's saying I'm not a human. And then he is like, there's a problem with your central processing unit. And Mando's like, you mean my brain? And he's like, that was an attempt at humor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this, this line and then later on when he like sacrifices himself those are some very human like moments for a droid who just claims that he wasn't a human i thought that was a really interesting choice on the uh directors and the writers part oh yeah that no that totally makes sense yeah i didn't think about it that way Mm um i mean yeah usually uh, I, i mean a lot of the droids within the star wars universe they have they like it's like like they have feelings like they, oh yeah like oh yeah yeah they definitely have feelings um mm-hmm. and yeah I like I like this that aspect for sure mm-hmm. uh, and if you don't remember IG Eleven is actually voiced by Taika Waititi uh, who oh, directed yeah. this episode yeah just uh, just a reminder out there yeah so then they start going through the sewer yes yeah and they see that pile of like Mandalorian helmets and armor and stuff. Yeah, so a lot a lot is left up into to you to figure out like kind of what happens like of how the imperial because the their armor comes out and says that the imperials took them out, but like I feel like I have a really hard time seeing the imperials taking out Mandalorians. Like yeah, because Mandalorians such good are fighters. much yeah they're much better fighters than the imperials. Like unless they just get over they got overwhelmed, but I mean the four of them were messing them up just like in a firefight earlier so mm-hmm. i i find that i found that a little hard to believe that like the imperials like came in and really wiped out like a lot of the different mandalorians because the armor said a lot of them some escaped hopefully more than she she thought but mm-hmm. um yeah i just uh i i didn't i didn't buy that one that one that one aspect of the show. yeah that was interesting um yeah. What was this female Mandalorian's name again? Do you remember? Did she have a name? She they actually never gave her her name in the show. She's okay. only ever I think only ever appeared as the the armor, the armorer. Okay. okay. Um, at least on um, IMDb, that's what her name is, and okay. she is played by the actress um, uh, em- Emily Emily Swallow. Um, okay. So she uh, she I don't know what else she's been in. She's been in a lot of TV stuff. Mm. Uh, she yeah. I don't know how how did she know because she seemed to know about the child and she wanted to see him how did she know about what Mando had been up to like did she just hear things because she's been in the town I mean I just I didn't know how she knew um I don't think she knew about the child because she was asking about like oh is this the one that is like is creating so much chaos like is this the one that you've been you've been protecting and stuff like that and well she referenced the mudhorn thing so that made me think she heard about that from somebody well Din, Jin, Din Djarin told her remember because when he came back oh that's right he, he came talked, back yeah he talked about how he took out the mudhorn but he 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 didn't feel like it wasn't a, it wasn't a kill, like a clean kill. Because, oh, that's right. I totally forgot. He came back and talked about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it was. So. Um, okay. But he was like, "Yeah, I had like a little bit of help." And then okay. that's when she starts talking about. So yeah, a bunch of things happen in the scene. Mm-hmm. 
first uh she was talking about how uh the she she mentioned in them about the jedi and how the jedi mm-hmm. are, are sorcerers so mm-hmm. um i i guess he doesn't really know a lot about the jedi because again they they were all wiped out for the most part Mm-hmm. Um, during uh, after the Clone Wars, which took place many many years, probably even before he was born or while he was born, I'm not sure. So I'm not. I feel like the Jedi is something that I feel like the galaxy would have heard of, and like what the Force is. So that's why I never really understood why he doesn't know more about it. Um, yeah, it seems really foreign to him. Yeah, so I feel like mm-hmm. that's like such a big part of like the history of like that universe and yeah he just doesn't know but she mentioned um that the jedi are sorcerers uh and that the child is now a foundling similar to mm-hmm. him uh mm-hmm. and but he also uh he should reunite the child with his own kind mm-hmm. um and then she said like you're its father until it comes of age or it's reunited with its kind so yep. he's that's like his next mission, basically. So there's our setup for season two. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I assume they're they're going to be doing on the next uh, next season. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. Like, yeah, during that whole whole scene, she's creating something with the armor, and we find out that he she was making this uh, a signet for mm-hmm. uh, Din Djarin, um, and it was the Mudhorn. Uh, mm-hmm. So he cre- she created the Mudhorn and he has earned it. And she said that uh, you are a clan of two. So yeah. that means like te- technically like he, the, the, um, uh, the child is now like a, like a Mandalorian recruit, I, I, I assume. <laughs> uh, I mean, because that's kind of like if it's a clan of two, then yeah, that's like that's what it means so, yeah at least that's how i interpret it as right what did you what did you think yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too like these two are are their own little duo like uh like the mandalores are gonna respect that the child is part of them um the other thing that i was thinking was because she referenced like the battle of these jedis versus the mandalorians And then she was saying, like, this child has similar powers to the Jedi's. And then I was like, well, if she's kind of including the child's, like, giving the signet as a clan of two, then maybe this is like an olive branch to people with with powers that this child has. You know, maybe it can, like, mend some problems that they have with people who also have these powers. But I could be totally off on that. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm, uh, I didn't think about it that way, but it's, I mean, it's, it's possible. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe we'll just see, uh, the child in some really cool Mandalorian armor at some point. We'll, uh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, so we get that scene and then as the, 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 the less, the rest of them leave, the, the armor stays back. Uh, and there's a really great scene where she's just like with like an, uh, a hammer and something else I forget. And she just like beats up the Imperials. Just oh, like that was really cool. Smashing. Like I've never seen like our um, helmets get smashed like that. Like I was like, oh. whoa, like that's pretty cool. Yeah. She looks like she was about to meditate and then she just goes to town like yeah. beating the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah. We forgot to mention though, he gets one more item. Oh yeah. You well yeah, bring it. I have it in my notes, but I've totally skipped over it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah what, what so, does he get? Well, she asks him, Are you familiar with the Order of the Rising Phoenix? And he's like, Yeah. And she gives him a jetpack. Yeah. Yeah. Um I thought the Order of the Rising Phoenix was an interesting name. Has that name been brought up before in the Star Wars? universe um i mean maybe but i'm not familiar with it okay because it reminded me of harry potter and the order of the phoenix and i was like hmm, interesting oh. choice of names <laughs> uh yeah so he gets his his little jetpack which comes in handy later um yeah and then they have that really cool uh fight with the hammer <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so yeah the jetpack was a yeah, big thing for him to get that mm-hmm. which was nice and mm-hmm. yeah super cool so mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, as we go on, they, they get on a lava river uh, or boat that uh, trails down the lava river. And there was 
an astromech similar to like R2D2 with limbs. Um, that was, I've never seen anything like that before. That's definitely new to me. I was not expecting that thing to have limbs. So, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. So that was cool. Uh, but then we get this really like kind of emotional scene where, um, yeah, yeah, IG Eleven uh, is saying how the only because they have the the stormtroopers all, all the way up there and how he'll self destruct um, to keep everyone at safe. So he mm-hmm. and he be, he can only he'll only self destruct this so he won't be captured, uh, right. which is like a callback to the first episode mm-hmm. uh, where he was talking about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really, I really liked that scene. It was, uh, yeah, IG Eleven went on his way out. He protected uh, the child. He protected them. Um, yeah, what, that was a good scene. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think it was a really great hybrid of like the humanistic qualities of droids and also like the programming qualities of droids because you know we see this like huge sacrifice. He sacrifices life for these people, right? Um, but we also see like there's no negotiating with him because he's been programmed to do this thing. Um, I thought it was a really a really well done scene, and it was it was pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it it was good. Um... And you even see Din Djarin getting a little uh, upset about it. It's like, okay, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, I guess now that this droid has saved his life, yeah, he has a much different feeling towards droids. So. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, uh, is it safe to say that the reason he hates droids is because of the droids attacking him and killing his parents when he was younger? Like, is it safe I to would... say that's exactly why he hates droids? I would think so. I I can't think of any other reason, to be honest, except that maybe he just, maybe he doesn't trust their programming and their programmers. I I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't I don't know, but that's what I'm I'm t- like after finishing up the season, I I was thinking maybe we'd have like a, a, some flashback scene or some reasoning of like why he really hates droids, but now that we didn't get any answers, like. I'm gonna. I'm assuming that it was left open to interpretation, and that's why we're yeah we're getting that. that. Seems, or that's that why he hates droids. Yeah, and it, it seems like a little uh, stereotypical to me. I don't. I don't know if stereotypical is the right word. It seems a little um, predictable to me. I guess, like not that creative to be afraid of droids because your parents were murdered by them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seemed like that whole flashback. Thing seemed a little Harry Potter-ish to me, you know, where like Lily and James died protecting their son. Yeah, I don't know. It, the whole thing, I was like, this is like Harry Potter, like replace <laughs> the droids with Voldemort, and this is the plot of Harry Potter. Um, so I wish it had been a little bit different, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So yeah. So then we get a some a pretty awesome uh, se- sequence that came up, fighting sequence. We see Moff Gideon in his mm-hmm. TIE fighter shooting at them. Uh, and then Mando puts on the jetpack and just does some really cool stuff here. Well, um, before the jetpack, though, we hear one of the funniest lines in the whole, the wait, whole episode. Which, which line? When Griff is like, do the magic hand thing. And oh, yeah. <laughs> and the child like puts up his hand and is like, I can't do it. <laughs> and, then, and then Griff is like, I'm out of ideas. And he just like sits down. Yeah. Like, well, well I think a fighter. Like, that's all you got. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's like he was, um, uh, the child was like waving at him. Like, I think that's what he was doing. I think, like, because he saw, like, grief, grief, uh, grief waving at him. And, and then, yeah, the child's like, hi. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, that was, that was I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get the jetpack fight. Yes, yes. And then and then we get the cool jetpack fight where mm-hmm. he uh, he just knows how to use it right away. Um, I guess, yeah, he just, he could because he went through the trials, he knows how to use it. And... He attaches himself to the hull of the uh, TIE fighter, and then he puts some explosives on it and blows up the ship. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we see it crash land. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty awesome action sequence. Uh, definitely one of my favorites throughout the entire season. I thought that was really cool and mm-hmm. a, g- a great way to kind of end end the show uh, yeah. or end the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think of it? 
Uh, Gideon is a very scary individual. Like every time they showed his face, he didn't look scared. He didn't look like threatened or anything. He was so calm. Like he looked like a kid playing video games, you know, and they're like in the zone. Like that's what he looked like. Um, I thought the whole thing was really well acted on, on both uh, Mando and Gideon's part. Like it was really well done. Yeah, Juan Carlos Esposito is just like a very menacing mm-hmm. uh, individual. And mm-hmm. especially uh, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, uh, he's a villain on Breaking Bad. And he is fantastic on that show as a villain. Um, yeah, and you you mentioned earlier about his uh, precision when he was shooting um, in yeah. the earlier fight scene. He's also, his character is really precise when he speaks and mm-hmm. um, in his facial expressions, like, his character is very, very precise and it just, it comes across so well. Yep. Yep. No, agreed. Yeah. He's, it's like in all those scenes, he's just like mad about what's happening. He's not mm-hmm. scared. He's just like, Oh, come on. Like this. And is... he's totally in control and, and knows exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, great, great sequence there. Uh, and then this is where we kind of wrap up the show where there's conversations between Din Djarin, Kara and grief and, Karen Griefer staying on Navarro uh, and then Mando decides he's going to leave the planets with uh, the child and he's going to mm-hmm. go look for uh, his 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 family so mm-hmm. or not his family but like his his own his species his own species and own kind yeah. so yeah um so what do you what do you make of these uh, decisions well There was a line that I think was referencing something else in the Star Wars universe, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Griff said something about, like, the scum and villainy have been washed away, stay here. Didn't they use the term scum and villainy in another Star Wars movie? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty common expression within the Star Wars universe. Okay, Um, okay. Yeah, I, I it's definitely was in the early movies, the or the okay. original movies. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's a common term. So. Okay, I was really proud of myself. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not I'm not surprised that Mando, you know, wants to go on this next mission. Like, what is he gonna do? Like, right? I mean, I feel like he doesn't really have a choice. Like, he's not gonna carry around this kid forever you know he was kind of given his next mission like go take this kid where he belongs yeah well i mean he's part of the clan now so he's yeah he's got to help out the kid however Mm -hmm. however he can um Mm -hmm. but i mean yeah there's a lot of things that well actually before we get to like things about next season um i want to kind of finish out the episode Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they, they part ways, um, and then Mando buries, uh, Quill. Yeah, uh, that's who, so sad. Yeah, buries Quill. Um, and then probably the most surprising thing of the episode is we see that Moff Gideon is still alive, but he cuts his way out of the TIE Fighter with, uh, a Darksaber. So, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. So, as someone who doesn't know the Star Wars universe as well, what did you like think of this scene? When you saw that Darksaber, like, what did it, like, what did it mean to you? Well, I was like, this has to be important because I don't see items like that in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I don't see it at the exit of the gift shop at Star Tours. Like, I don't see that represented on t-shirts like i don't know what this thing is so it must be a pretty special item that this guy has um so that tells me like it's rare and it has status and he either like got it from somewhere or like built it himself or something um it's a powerful item yeah yeah super super powerful item so i want to go into like a little bit of the history and lore of like the darksaber uh, and how it got to this point, because it's 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 one of a kind. Um, and there's a lot of history, especially with the Mandalorians for this. Um, so the Darksaber was a unique black blighted lightsaber that was created by uh, Tara Vizsla. And if you remember, we were talking about the character Pre Vizsla, who mm-hmm. uh, was leading Death Watch. Um, so... It was created by uh, Tar Vizsla, who was inducted. He was the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. But this was like thousands, like like a thousand years before, like the, the like kind of where this Star Wars universe takes place. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always kind of passed down. It was from like kind of generations to generation and eventually got to like the, the pre-Vizsla uh, era um, where he, when pre-Vizsla was the, the leader of Death Watch. Um, so he used the blades a lot. Um, but then Darth Maul, uh, Darth Maul was, of course, in Phantom Menace. But if you watch the... Um, like any of the cartoon shows or like solo, like sorry, spoilers, but like Darth Maul is actually still alive. Um, so kind of to sum things up, like Darth Maul killed Pre Vizsla, took the dark saber as his own. Mm. Um, and then I, I won't I'll go, I won't go in too much in case you want to watch the Star Wars Rebels because there's a big storyline, which I'm actually I need to finish up now. Like maybe I'll finally finish watching it tonight because I don't know the end result of it yet. But this is where I was first introduced to Darksaber. So somehow a character named uh, Sabine on the show, who is a Mandalorian, she retrieved the Darksaber from a lair that Dark uh, Darth Maul was holding it at. Um, and later Sabine was trying to like reunite um, the Mandal- some of the Mandalorians um, by giving the Darksaber over to this one Mandalorian called Bo-Katan, who she thought was the rightful person to lead all the Mandalorians against the Empire. Um, so that's kind of where it got left off with the Darksaber. So mm-hmm. that, like, the this was, bef- like, all those events were before um, the first, like, the original Star Wars took place. Um, so between those events until now... Moff Gideon is the one that has the Darksaber, and we don't know how he, he's he got it. Right, because he's new this series, right? Correct, yeah. So okay. so the, the Darksaber is very um, with the Mandalorian culture. It's an important um, aspect or important item that, that, that helps reunite the, the Mandalorians. Um, there's a lot of history behind it. I tried to like sum it up the best the best I could, um, mm-hmm. but I want to know like I want that's what I, I just want to let you know like that's how we got to this point okay. Okay. of the dark saber with in Moff getting the hand. So we don't know. So that's that's okay. super surprising, and I can't wait to learn more about like yeah, knowing all that. Then next season they're totally gonna bring it up again, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be some sort of I don't know if it's going to be like a bargaining chip next season, but it's going to be a plot line next season. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I really want to know how we got it. Like what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like yeah. He- it'd be interesting if they did flashbacks to Gideon instead of Mando next season. Yeah. I hope he becomes a, big- a bigger part. Like he was introduced at the end. Um, yeah. But I feel like he's going to be a much more menacing villain in the next, next season. Yeah, because now he's going to be more pissed off than he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. We're, so let's kind of think about like what what's going to be going on in the next season of Mandalorian because a few things that still like didn't get wrapped up. I mean, one thing being during that gunslinger episode mm-hmm. um, where uh, the one assassin, I can't remember her name, but she was played by Fennec Mina Shan. Wen. Yeah, Fennec, Fennec Shaw, I think, something like that. Yeah. Fennec Shan, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was, we don't know if she was dead because someone took her, and we'll, I guess we, we'll figure out uh, next season what happens. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people were thinking it was Moff Gideon's, it was going to be Moff Gideon's character. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't him. Um, so, so we'll have to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, what, what do you, what do you think? Like, what, what are your thoughts about like where the showing show is going next season? Well, part of me is still a little bit frustrated because there's this element of Mando and the child still being chased. Like Gideon's not going to give up. He's, no. he's not, he's not going to give up. So he's still going to be chased by this guy and possibly other people that he's hired or other stormtroopers. Like, there's still this chase element that's not going to come to an end. So that part is still a little bit frustrating. So, um, but I do like that now there's a new mission for them to go on, which is reunite this child with its species. Um, I also still like that there's some mystery surrounding like where, where does this child come from? Like we still don't really know anything about its species. Um, so that part I still really like. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think we're going to see... Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't know that Mando even knows where to start. Because he, he said something like, you mean I have to search the entire galaxy to find where this guy comes from? It's like, yeah, like, where where is he going to start from this, the, the entire galaxy? Like, where where do you go from there? Well, uh, I think I think my, my, my guess is, like, he'll probably have to go seek out help from someone who was possibly alive during, like, the Clone Wars that might mm-hmm. know more about, like, the Jedi Order and, like, what they're about. Um, someone who... <laughs> I mean, there's someone out there that knows who the actual Yoda is, who is of the same species. So maybe he'll find someone that knows about it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of my guess. I mean, maybe we'll find him going to Coruscant, which do you know what Coruscant is? I'm not sure if he... Yes, but only because it's one of the planets in Star Tours. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, the entire planet is like one big city. Um, Yeah. That's my favorite one yeah. on Star Tours. <laughs> yeah, so that's where um, the Jedi Order kind of held their um, uh, all their council meetings and stuff. That's where the temple mm-hmm. was, and so yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. And I wonder what uh, Cara Dune and Grief will. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see them come back again in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're going to get up to. Um, but I'm sure we're going to get a lot of new characters as well. I'm excited to see what kind of adventures he's going to go on. Maybe Mandel will like go back to that one sanctuary planet. Uh, yeah. Maybe like hang out with that one chick again. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll take off his helmet in front of other people. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I was going to ask you, are you familiar with the hero's journey concept? Um. I feel like it. Uh, I don't know. Just where are you going with this? Describe it for me. Okay. So I, I, I teach English sometimes. Um, the hero's journey is used in literature, movies, some TV shows. Basically, the concept is like 99% of stories out there follow this this cycle called the hero's journey where there's certain steps that it follows. And I was kind of thinking in the back of my head like, Okay, obviously this is following the hero's journey, and I was waiting until the season end to see where this wraps up, um, and I can see how second season, like it's it's restarting. Like the first step of the hero's journey is the call to adventure. We already have the call to adventure for season two, right? Go out and find like the species yeah. of Yodas. Um, step two is assistance. You receive assistance from somebody. He got a lot of assistance this season in various forms. Step three is departure, right? He left his home planet and went to all these different planets. Step four is trials. He had a lot of different fights that he went through. Step five is approach where like you're approaching like the main battle. Six is crisis, like the biggest crisis you go into. Seven, eight, and nine is treasure, result, return. Um, So there is like, um, he gets the signet. He's kind of going back to the way that things were. Um, 10 is new life and resolution. Um, so now he has this like new elevated status. He, he finally earned the signet. Things aren't quite the same anymore. He's a new person, essentially. Um, and then it goes back to call to adventure, and it starts all over again. Um, so I think we're going to see the cycle again. Because <laughs> <laughs> most, most stories do follow it. And like within... How do I explain this? Like what the diagram that I'm looking at on my screen is a circle. And within that circle, like I'm picturing the whole season as a big circle. And within the circle, each episode is also a mini circle that went through the cycle. So I think we're going to see the same thing again, basically. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, now that you mentioned the hero's journey, I definitely am familiar with with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it's um, a way of definitely telling a story um, that a lot of movies and TV shows follows. And this this sounds like the Mandalorian followed the hero's journey to like the, the T, like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it really did. So, yeah, and it seems like for a long time we were stuck on the trials step he was just going through trials and trials and trials and not really going <laughs> yeah. anywhere and we we didn't get to like the big crisis until this last episode um so i think that's where a lot of the frustration came from <laughs> the whole season yeah i um, think so yeah that, that yeah. makes sense but i'm glad we finally got past that um and i'm excited to see next season yeah i i overall i really did um enjoy this season um i think i was a little harsh on it towards the beginning 
when mm-hmm. I, when we started going on these episodes where we I felt like nothing was getting done. Um, I still think episode five is probably the worst episode, um, which was the gunslinger episode. Just pretty terrible characters and acting in that episode. Just not great. Um, but like Pedro Pascal killed it this season mm-hmm. as, as Din Djarin. Um, absolutely love what he did. And I mean, John Favreau, they created a just a now iconic character of the child, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. You know, Baby Yoda. And mm-hmm. um, like this thing is just in everywhere in pop culture oh so, yeah um, i know i feel bad for the countries that don't have disney plus yet but they all know who baby yoda is you know they're not they're not gonna have that moment that we all had at the end of episode one because they they see it coming you know mm, that's true I didn't, I didn't think of that yeah i guess yeah i guess uh, not all countries have have disney plus yet yeah um but i mean if uh, yeah no, that stinks. <laughs> I yeah, I can't. I, 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 there's nothing else I could say there, but unfortunately. Um, but cool. There's something it, else I was going to say. Oh, yes. This yeah, is the other it. thing I was going to say. As a non-Star Wars person, like, I went into this knowing vague things. Like, I know who Darth Vader is. I know who Princess... You know, I know the main characters. I don't really know who the Resistance is. I don't... Once you get deeper into the lore, I don't know too much. Like, part of what turns me off from getting into Star Wars is the lore is so deep that I'm like, this is a mess to go through. Like, I teach history. I already know a lot of things. Like, I don't want to spend time learning about, like, a fictional universe, right? But, like, jumping into Mandalorian wasn't that hard to understand what was going on as a non-Star Wars person. So I think, you know, for people out there who aren't really into it, like myself, I think this is a relatively easy watch and an easy intro into the Star Wars universe. So if you're on the fence about watching it, I think you should give it a try. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard a lot of the same things. Yeah, you can kind of pick up things easily enough. And uh, as a Star Wars fan, it was just really nice uh, seeing a new story told in the Star Wars universe that like didn't involve like the main Skywalker saga mm-hmm. that we, we we've seen like it's just it's cool seeing something more low-key low budget where it doesn't involve someone trying to like blow up a planet or anything right. like that like I love these smaller stories and that's what I want to see more of in the movies is like I want to see smaller stories told like this because I mean it's it, it, it all they all try to end the movies just try to end with like someone trying to destroy a planet or kill a planet yeah. and stuff. And... and I think really great stories. I mean, even looking at like war stories, some of the best war stories that are out there aren't always about the big battle. They're about the small groups of people doing things that are meaningful to the entire war effort. You know, yeah. and I think, I think the same thing is true of the star Wars universe. So, you know, this last star Wars movie that came out, they're saying like, this is the big one. Like it doesn't have to be like that every single time you can make, something small like this and it can still be wildly successful and i think mandalorian has proven that to be true yeah and well something you just said there reminded me like that's why i think i like the movie rogue one so much Mm -hmm. is because those people are doing something very small and a big like during like a big war like they're getting Mm -hmm. plans for like the death star in that movie Mm -hmm. and but it's 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 a big thing, but it's still small within like the war of that's going on between um, the the rebellion and the, the 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 empire at the time. Like that movie, if you don't if you don't know this, but that movie was pretty much based on what was said in the opening credits or the the opening scroll uh, crawl the oh. opening crawl for the original Star Wars. It said something along the lines of like the, the death plans were stolen by rebel spies. I can't remember the exact line, but like that's what that entire movie is based on. So mm. I think that's why I like it. Cause it's like a smaller story mm-hmm. uh, based in like some big, big war that's going on. So, yeah. And I think those kind of things are also really relatable to just normal people, you know, as much as, as Disney is about like dream big, everybody's a princess. Well, I'm sorry. That's not reality. You know, like we're not all part of pulling off major things every single day. Like we're all just, you know, doing small things every day. And so I think these smaller stories are just relatable to us as everyday people. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so yeah, those those are kind of my final thoughts on the show. Any any last word before we get out of here? We have to wait like eight more months for the next one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the, so sad. Yeah, well, he did announce that it was coming fall 2020, so season yeah. two is coming out this this year. So yeah, uh, it's officially this year, but it's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, cool. So so CJ, where where can we find you? I'm on Instagram at the Weekly Mouse and theweeklymouse.com. Excellent. And you can find me at Excess Press Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and if you're not subscribing to the podcast, uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. So I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. Um, uh, 2020 is going to be great. Uh, Mandalorian season two coming later this year. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. So. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt and CJ from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.